It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Matt Reynolds. Oh, baby. Let's go. Happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome in. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. It's brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems and the Territory Golf and Country Club, as well as Indoor 18. If you've listened to this program with any regularity over the last last month, last six, seven months, really just this uh, program from its infancy up until now, you've been following along. We've kept you up to date on the happenings, the goings-on of the Live Golf Tour and its ongoing battle with the PGA Tour. I, I don't know how many times we've said right here on the Gimme Zone, look out. Could be some antitrust suits happening very, very quickly if there's not some resolution between these two sides. And lo and behold, there will be lawsuits. And that was the case this week. On Wednesday, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, nine other Live Golf players have filed antitrust lawsuits in federal court against the PGA Tour. Three of the players, Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, Taylor Gooch, they're also seeking a temporary restraining order that would allow them to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs that begin next week. Good morning, everyone. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds. Brian, we've been talking for weeks, for months, about this being a possibility, and here we are. Lawsuits have happened. Oh, yeah, Josh. And I think uh, Matt, Matt called it. You know, i got to give Matt props. He said it right from the beginning that this thing will end up in court and obviously the commissioner drew his line in the sand and lo and behold uh he got what he wanted i think and he's got a fight now so it's going to be really really interesting you know i read through some of the highlights of the lawsuit just a little bit different angle than i initially had thought but you know it did not uh surprise me that this ended the way it did. And I think you're going to force a judge to do an injunction or at least make a decision on it. Matt, what are your thoughts? Well, guys, I, I think there's so much from it. Um, I was tell, texted Josh this morning pretty early of being excited for this show. And it's going to sound weird, but I think this might be the most pumped up I've been for a show. I know we had the masters. I know we had all the majors. Those were great. But the news we have this week, and as we detail it out through this next two hours for our listeners, it's incredible. Because what happens with lawsuits when they get filed is, if you go read them, you start to find out some information. <laughs> and just one little bomb to start off the show is, we found out that Phil Mickelson was suspended in March for two years. For two years. There's a reason he didn't play the Masters. There's a reason he didn't play at the PGA. They actually were going to let him play uh, the PGA, supposedly, 
but they really actually still had him suspended. So uh, just a darn shame the way this thing's been handled on both on both sides to some level. But I tell you what, if there's one thing about lawsuits, the person with more money, with more backing, has a very good chance of winning in a case like this. And we both, well, we all know who that is. It's, it's not the PGA Tour in this. So this, the Saudi Golf League, as uh, one J. Ron Handwood continues to call it instead of Little Golf, I got a hard time believing they're not going to win this thing because uh, the the deeper you dig into this, it definitely seems like it is a monopoly controlled by the PGA Tour. So it's not a massive surprise that Phil Mickelson had that type of suspension in place that we've seen that unveiled from these, what what we're reading, what we're finding out about these lawsuits. Matt, you kind of had that pegged from day one that you thought that Phil Mickelson had a quiet suspension from the PGA Tour, and you have been proven correct by that based on these lawsuits. I guess my question in all of this with Phil Mickelson, and I think I've asked this before, but it feels like it needs revisiting this morning. Is it just because Phil Mickelson was such a figurehead for the Live Tour? I mean, why is he? why has he been painted by – the PGA Tour by Jay Monahan as the biggest villain in all of this, Brian, because it's not as though he was alone. Well, I think they were, you know, going after the head of the snake, as you as you might say, and I think they viewed Phil as that, and they, they felt really betrayed by Phil. But again, they're only looking at it through their own glasses, and, and the reality here is that Phil was not alone. Bill may actually be in the majority if you put true serum in all these guys. I know a lot of players are still scared of what might happen right now, so they're they're staying on the sidelines and not commenting. But I think we're going to find out a lot. And as I think Matt speculated, Bill was actually suspended. And, you know, I think that's going to go a long way. He's got damages now. I mean, he suffered actual damages. So, it's, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting fight, and it's going to go on for a long time. There'll be an appeal, you know, with whoever loses, I'm sure. And hey, I like the uh, Saudis' chances; they got more money. And trust me, they had their attorneys lined up long, long ago. What do well, you guys think? One side of it, too, Brian, is it's not just that uh, you know Phil Mickelson's not paying this check. Greg Norman's already put it out there many times that any lawsuit money would be paid by Live Golf. It would not be paid by any of these athletes. And so you look at it, they're not going to be out any money. But I tell you what really could take down the PGA Tour now is if this thing plays out, I know it's it's Jay Monahan's thing right now to be like, hey, they're suing you. They're suing the players. They're suing you, Justin Thomas. They're suing you, Roy McIlroy. And I've kind of chuckled at that like, what an idiot you are to take that stance. Like, no, they're, they're actually not suing those dudes. They have nothing wrong with those dudes. They're suing your leadership and your decision-making. And the fact that you didn't even take a meeting with this, with this company, didn't even take a meeting, didn't even try it, didn't even say, hey, listen, we're at least going to listen to them. I'm not saying you have to actually do it, but, I mean, come on now. Get, you can't do it one way and just say, oh, well, yeah, no, we're good. We're all clear over here. So, from my perspective, the part that really could damage the PGA Tour is Phil Mickelson is not the only one that's going to file for damages. How much are those damages going to be when they're awarded? 
how much money does the PGA Tour have in the savings account? Because that savings account might get pretty low, guys. Well, and there's so much to dissect from all of this. I mean, obviously, the damages angle there, that's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. And I agree with both of you. There's legitimate damages that Phil Mickelson especially, but all of these golfers, they can make that argument that they have incurred. Just the, the guys that would have been in the FedEx Cup playoffs too, right? I mean, man, that's all sorts of damages that you can, uh, you can try and fight for right there in court. There's some other interesting stuff to this too as well where the players' lawyers are alleging that the PGA Tour has, quote, pressured and encouraged the major organizations to join its group boycott and to present live golf, prevent Live Golf from entering the global golf ecosystem, end quote. I mean, guys, this has major, no pun intended, major ramifications here on the future of the game of golf, how all of this plays out in court. We knew it's not a surprise that the PGA Tour was behind some closed doors here in some back alleys trying to strong-arm some people and force some decision-makers of the – of the Masters, of the USGA, of uh, of the RNA to try and prevent these live golfers from being able to play in major championships. And look, what happens here legally, the legal precedent that gets set is going to go a long ways in determining, Brian, won't it? Whether or not there's actually going to be some serious, serious hurdles for these, these golfers that join the live tour to get into major championships. Well, I think I think you're right, Josh, and I and I think the other thing, you know, clearly they didn't say the word, but they they are alleging collusion, and that's not going to fly because when you get everybody under oath and you start cross-examining and looking at phone messages and emails, wow, there could be some really really juicy stuff come out. I would suspect that they will push to keep it all behind closed doors. We'll see how the judge fares on that. But I think it's pretty obvious they did. You know, the DP World Tour changed their stance, right, Matt? It's pretty obvious they strong-armed them. No, they changed it completely, guys. And the DP World Tour strengthening, quote-unquote, their alliance, a.k.a. the PGA Tour buying more of it, all that does is strengthen the case of Liv. That's all it did. It just said, all right, well, we're going to you know, strengthen this. But, uh, you know, there's so many facets to this, but that facet there of what you guys are talking about goes so deep to go as far as to tell FedEx and all these other companies, hey, listen, if you go sponsor Liv Golf, you're done here. You're banned. We'll kick you out. Same thing with Callaway, Ping. Uh, Titleist, all these other companies that are big into golf, you're out. See you later. Top Tracer, they literally took away Top Tracer from Live Golf. It's just like, come on, man, what are what are we doing? You just think you can just tell people that, that would be, you know, that'd be like us in the radio space. You you go buy out all the radio stations and then you tell, you know, oh, you can't you can't go sponsor that. Nope, can't do that. That's no, listen, it is what it is. It's business. you got to go out and earn that sponsorship. And if you have earned the sponsorship, if Live Golf has earned FedEx and FedEx wants to go give them $1 billion for the FedEx team, well, guess what? FedEx should be able to pay them and then still keep working with the PGA Tour if they want. That's just how this thing should work. 
there is so much to dissect from all of this this week. And, yeah, we've got the Wyndham Championship going on here, which is deciding some of the final spots in the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, for next week, which that'll get underway. But really, I mean, in the world of golf, is there anything else other than this set of lawsuits to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, we'll mention before we get out of here this morning what's going on in the Wyndham Championship and keep you up to date with what's going on there. I I guess the biggest news over there, guys, is that Ricky Fowler missed the cut, so no playoffs for him. Man. That's correct. I mean, Ricky's game is a good place, right? No, it's it's not in a good place, Matt, and I don't know if or when it's ever going to to get back to better or good. That's uh that's two years in a row, right, that he's missed the FedEx Cup playoffs? Two in a row. Yeah. Two in a row. And he got in he got in on his exemption from his uh top fifty money list earnings over his career. But unfortunately for him, that's up after this year. It's bye bye. So he's gonna get to have it one more year and then it's kind of perform, put up or shut up. And even more of a point that I think Ricky Fowler's gotta really look at what Liv Golf is offering him because he doesn't have to worry about the same thing over there. No, no, yeah. He's I mean, I don't know what kind of a draw he still is anymore, but if they come calling for him to not have to worry about the whole PGA tour card situation. He would have to consider it. Let's keep breaking this down there. There are so many angles we can look at with all of this, with the uh, lawsuit here from all of these live uh, tour golfers versus the PGA Tour. We will continue to discuss it next. The three players that have filed for the temporary restraining order, is there any chance that gets approved? We'll discuss next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the ref. Back after this. Back with you, it's the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Matt Riddles right here on The Ref. Presented by Elite Roofing Systems. Check them out. They've got free quotes. They are bonded and insured. Affordable pricing at Elite Roofing Systems. Oklahoma City location, number to call 405-361-3094. In Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Craig Cox and his team are awesome. They have been uh, serving customers in the greater OKC area all the way since, uh, all the way back since 2010. Visit them online, eliteroofok.com. This is probably a little bit of a more of a minor note in all of this, but there's no way, right, that Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, Taylor Gooch, they're not playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs, right? Guys, I think they are. I think they are. I think they're going to win this. Um, I, maybe it's just, uh, unfortunately in my life, I have a little experience in the last year of, of the courtroom and how a few things work. Uh, the timing of this is spectacular on their end because they did it to where it's right up against it. And I fully think we're going to see these three guys join the FedEx Cup playoffs. Now, the question will be, does Jay Monahan stick to what he said? He said that if guys do get that injunction – that the guys will still be safe. So it'd go from 125 to 128 in this case. However, that's easy to say. It's also, where's that extra money coming from? So I would venture to guess that we could see three guys, unfortunately, think they made it and actually not make it. But I, I really think these guys are going to win this uh, temporary injunction 
not just for the first week. I think they win it for multiple weeks on the FedEx Cup. Well, guys, are you surprised that DJ did not file for the injunction? I was surprised DJ didn't. I was surprised Brooks didn't. I was surprised at those guys not doing it on one side. And then on the other side, I thought about it. And I said, you know what? I bet they didn't because I think the public pressure has gotten to some of these guys. And in that case of those guys, they kept telling us they wanted to play less golf. And that's what people are hammering these guys over the head with right now. Well, you said you wanted to play less golf. Why are you wanting to play more golf now and play both tours? Yada, yada, yada. Well, they should have the option to do that. But I, I am very surprised they're not on there. Also very surprised the P. Reed's not on there. Uh, just I got to think that that's what it is, is that they're letting they're kind of letting these other guys take the first bullet for this. And then once it opens up and they win, then they'll truly be able to do whatever they want and they'll join right back in. And they probably don't want to be perceived, Brian, across the board as they're only going to play big money events, right? That they're only in this for the cash of the FedEx Cup playoffs, even though, guess what? We know that every single one of these golfers is only in it for the cash of the FedEx Cup playoffs. None of these guys care about winning a tour championship. Stop it. They care about the big prize, the big cash prize at the end of winning the tour championship. A tour championship is not winning a major championship for any of these guys. And in that, though, I do think that, you know, Dustin Johnson, your Brooks Kepkas, on and on and on, the, those guys that have not filed for this temporary restraining order they don't because they've made this decision to join the live golf tour where let's face it it's all about the amount of money that they're going to get paid probably they don't want to get hit with what matt just said right there which is well you said you wanted to play less golf and oh by the way now you want to come over and play in these big big uh prize pool events well josh i think you're spot on about the tour championship there's a reason why they really had to enhance the purse over the last decade because people weren't that interested when it was only a million dollars, right? I mean, we had it here at Southern Hills, correct, for two years. And it just it didn't have the same draw because, again, guess what? doesn't have all the millions of reasons to play in it attached to it. But now, obviously, Matt, it does. Brian, are you there? I'm there, yeah. So, obviously, yeah. I mean, the cash is the draw because they don't care about those courses or the event in particular, right? The only reason that they play in is for the cash. That keeps the stars playing longer into the fall when they normally wouldn't. Does it matter, Matt, in all of this? Because, you know, I'm looking at this ESPN story here, and part of what they said about – the temporary restraining order for these three guys. Their thought process is, and keep in mind this is Mark Schlebaugh who wrote this piece, his thought process is he doesn't think that they will get awarded the temporary restraining order because the thought process will be from a lot of the powers that be in the courts, hey, we can sort all of that financial situation out later. Yeah, I think that the... I think the financial part is going to take a long time, guys. It could take two years, three years for this thing to finally go through the court system. But what's important is that Live Golf gets these three guys in, because if they do, uh, for folks out there that you know maybe haven't studied up on them, you know, a whole bunch, then there's a really good chance the next season 
these guys will be able to play on the same thing. It won't be a temporary injunction. It'll just be an injunction. Uh, and they'll be able to play until this court thing gets done for the next two, three years on the PGA Tour whenever they want, which, is, look, for me, that's, that's the ultimate dagger from the Live Golf Tour if these guys are able to play whenever they want because then you're going to have DJs, the, the Brooks Kepkas, uh, the, the Patrick Reeds. They're all going to benefit from this and everybody else because they're going to be back right on the PGA Tour and – just what you said, that they're going to play the big events. It doesn't sound good, but the money is what matters. So they're going to be there when the biggest money's there. And when, you know, we've got the Barracuda Open Championship, they're going to be sitting at home and saying, yeah, I don't need to go to the John Deere. I don't need to go to this. I'm going to, I'm going to go to either Live Golf or if we don't have an event that week, I'm going home. Is it worth visiting here what exactly PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan put out. I mean, I think it's interesting, the note that he sent to the players. And this got released out there. I'll, I'll, I'll read this. Here's Jay Monahan to his letter to the PGA Tour players. Quote, we have been preparing to protect our membership and contest this latest attempt to disrupt our tour, and you should be confident in the legal merits of our position. Fundamentally, these suspended players who are now Saudi Golf League have walked away from the tour and now want back in. With the Saudi Golf League on hiatus, they're trying to use lawyers to force their way into competition alongside our members in good standing. It's an attempt to use the tour platform to promote themselves and to free ride on your benefits and efforts. To allow re-entry into our events compromises the tour and the competition to the detriment of our organization our players, our partners, and our fans. The lawsuit they have filed somehow expects us to believe the opposite, which is why we intend to make our case clear and vigorously. Let me be clear. We will continue to defend the members who abide by the regulations written by and for the players. And in closing, he wrote, this is your tour built on the foundation that we work together for the good and growth of our organization and then you reap the rewards it seems your former colleagues have forgotten one important aspect of that equation what's your immediate reaction to that brian well it's more of the same spin that matt referenced earlier josh it's you know these guys threw you aside now they want back it's us you know you versus them it's you know you're like this the scorned ex and the reality is, because of the stance that Monaghan took initially, by not even betting this opportunity or this new golf view, I guess, with, with Live Golf, and not doing any type of due diligence, just immediately saying, nope, we're going we're gonna to suspend you if you don't do it, he's really put himself in a bad place, and, man, I... You know, Matt referenced, you know, the injunctions and everything like that. If they don't grant the injunction, all that potentially does is make the liability much, much higher for the PGA Tour should they lose in court. Brian, that is a great point that not a lot of people have really talked about. There's a lot of pro PGA people out there, and and I'll be honest, and at this point, it's literally sickening for me to listen to some of these podcast guys and even Golf Channel, I, I can't do it anymore, and it really makes me sad just because, look, everybody knows I'm pro-live, but at the same time, 
I still love the PGA Tour. Like, I like them both. And I feel like I should be able to have my cake and eat it, too, because I'm a fan, and that's what fans do. We can root for whoever the heck we want to root for. That's part of being a fan. And in this case, there's been that line drawn in the sand so much that even the PGA truthers, they've got to be careful on this one because this could be the end of the PGA Tour if this injunction doesn't work because those damages, I don't even know how you would total them up, but there's a total of, oh, give or take, they could probably buy the I would say by the end of the year, if an injunction doesn't work, they're going to have about 30 of their 48 that could really have a, a true standing, plant their flag. Hey, we would have made, you know, let's say $5 million this last year. Well, you start adding those numbers up, and you, you go, you know, 30 times 5, we're talking millions of dollars, that's not just chump change to the PGA Tour, and they are a tour that would be in trouble if that check was too high. So I, I even think from the PGA Tour's perspective, they're smart to say, hey, because of the damages thing, we're going to let Phil and everybody else, they can play until this thing's over. Um, and that's probably the smartest financial move they could make just to protect themselves, just in case they do lose, which I happen to think they will. I love this line that Jay Monahan has in here too. Fundamentally, these suspended players who are now Saudi Golf League have walked away from the tour and now want back in. They didn't really walk away from the tour. You forced them to walk away from the tour. He banned them. I think that's such an interesting note in all of this, the way that Jay Monahan is painting this as (laughs) these guys chose to walk away from the tour. They probably would have played both and been happy to do so but Jay Monahan didn't really allow that as a possibility. Well, you're correct. And think about this. Let's, let's look a little more broadly at all the other sports leagues. Has any other sports league said you can only play this or that? That's where I think they're going to get nailed when it goes to court is, guess what? The NFL didn't say you can't play Arena League or Canadian Football League or any of those, correct? Baseball, same way. If you want to go to Japan, go go to Japan. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bar you from playing in the National Football League or Major League Baseball. So the interesting part of that exact argument, too, guys, is the NFL, they've had some – Leagues try to come at them, right? They've had the XFL. They've had the USFL. They've had many, you know, they've had those instances. The NBA back in the day had the ABA. There's leagues. Once again, it's funny to me that we just, we, we sweep this under the rug. Oh, no, there's never been this. Can you imagine if the NBA had two different leagues? It would be horrible. Well, one, golf is not the NBA. Let's just start off with that. Um, nor is it the NFL or any other entity like that it's very very different it's not it wasn't a team sport until this year uh, but what i think people are missing on that is this the aba they didn't make it but it wasn't because of antitrust uh, type activity that we're seeing with the pga tour of, oh you're banned if you even talk to those people no the nba made their product so much better that eventually it weeded out the aba that's what happened same thing with the nfl and all those other leagues that have popped up the NFL has stayed in power. There was a time where some of those leagues were playing 
uh, if I do remember, overpaying for the top players and had some pretty solid players at the top. But it just didn't Herschel work. Walker. Exactly. Herschel Walker is the first guy that comes to mind on that. And it didn't work because of a number of reasons. But it wasn't just money. Because I know you could say, well, the Saudis aren't going to run out of money. And that's probably true. Look at it. But it's not just money. There is other things to it that could help them run live out of town. And instead of actually using the prestige and the power of the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan has fumbled the ball completely. I, I will say I think Jay Monahan did a really good job during COVID, but he has absolutely screwed the tour with the way he's acted towards this uh, Live Golf League. Let's continue to focus on that and how Jay Monahan has handled a lot of this because obviously – it's gotten to the point to where we've got antitrust lawsuits and what all of this means for the futures of both the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. It's the biggest story now in the game of golf now and into the, the future for, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, how long this court battle is going to go and uh, wage on, I mean, the, the next couple of years. What could Jay Monahan have done differently? Is there still something Jay Monahan could do differently to potentially – quote-unquote, save the PGA Tour, because I, I agree with some of what you're saying there. I think that they're in danger of being, if not going completely extinct here, maybe that's dramatic, but being severely, severely damaged as we start looking into the future five, ten years down the road. So what could Jay Monahan have done? What can he still do? Let's debate. Let's discuss. Next, it's the Gimme Zone right here on The Rev. Back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Rev. Brought to us by the Territory Golf and Country Club. You're right, Matt. I mean, one of the interesting things in all of this with the the lawsuit here from these golfers is we're seeing, we're getting access to some of the information and conversations out there that we just hadn't seen before. And, yes, I want to dive into Jay Monahan fixes. What can he do going forward? What's the PGA Tour's next move? But did both of you guys see this week the conversation between Greg Norman and Sergio Garcia? I missed it. I missed it. Give me an update on it. I mean, I mean you, well, you tell me. Did you see it, Brian? No, I missed it as well. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. If, uh, if you look at this story from, let's see, who put this out here? Golf Week is who put this story out here. Text messages between Sergio Garcia and Greg Norman. It, basically, Greg Norman, from back in February, Sergio Garcia reached out to Greg Norman and was just kind of asking how things with the league were was going. And Sergio Garcia said, it seems like a lot of those guys that were loving it and excited about it last week now are, quote, bleeping in their pants. And then Greg Norman kind of responds back and says, hey, don't worry. The PGA Tour, it's all talk. They're not going to be able to suspend these guys. They cannot ban you for one day, let alone for life. And it's just interesting to see this correspondence between these two. These are real text messages, too, by the way, between Sergio Garcia and Greg Norman. And look, lo and behold, here it is. This is where we've gotten. Yeah, the, the PGA Tour has gotten to the point to where it's obviously suspended players, and now we've got antitrust lawsuits. And this is why Greg Norman then told Sergio Garcia that, was that he didn't think the PGA Tour would take this route. He thought it was all hollow, all shallow. And let me see if I can find one more of these that was pretty interesting here from Sergio Garcia back to Greg Norman. So Sergio had told Greg Norman, hey, these young golfers, they're especially scared that they're going to get suspended. They're, you know, 
I don't think going to come over to your live tour because uh, because they're basically worried they're going to get suspended and they're going to be banned for life on the PGA Tour. And Greg Norman basically told him not to worry about it. And then uh, Sergio said this, the commissioner had a meeting with five or six of the biggest agencies of golf managers, mine included, and first told them that if any of the players had signed with the league, they should leave the room. And after that, they talked about what the tour is going to do going forward and that whoever signs with the league, they would be banned from the tour for life. And Greg Norman was asking him basically to, you know, whatever information he had, get it in writing and share it with them. But that's fascinating. That's from all the way back in February. It's been going on, I think, a lot longer than we think. And the the best part about this going to court is for the fans, for golf talk. We want to talk about growing the game. Fellas, this is growing the game. It's through a way that I would have never thought, right? A courtroom is growing the game. But it is growing the game because for the first time in a while, outside of the majors, I turn on SportsCenter, and they're talking about golf. That doesn't happen very often unless it's Tiger Woods or a major. And so that shows you that, look, golf is in the limelight, and some out there could say, well, it's in the limelight, Matt, for a bad reason. I would say, well, it's in the limelight. Uh, it may not be the best reason, no matter where you fall in it, but it is in the limelight, and it is uh, being talked about more. And the more the sport is talked about, it's just like the NBA in the offseason. The NBA in the offseason might actually be talked about more than sometimes it is in the regular season. And I don't think that's a bad thing for the NBA because that helps them make a lot of money. So in this case, I think that's, that's kind of where I line up on this is, hey, look, there's, there's opportunities here all across the board uh, for golf to continue to grow and use this actually as a positive. But the biggest thing is, Josh, Ryan, guys, it's going to have an absolute stellar, I hope they have it on TV, the, uh, the the antitrust suit when it goes to court because it is going to have some testimonies that we just cannot wait to hear. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be incredible viewing from that standpoint, no doubt, Matt. Is this not exactly what the Live Tour wanted, though, Brian? I mean, the we talk about how Jay Monahan has screwed this thing up. Isn't this the best thing that could happen for the Live Tour? Is for these suits to get filed? Oh, you're exactly right, Josh. And I, and I think they were waiting for the, the right time. And, you know, with what Jay Monahan continues to do, he continues to give them nuggets for the lawsuit. And I think that it's, they'll definitely push to make it where it's not televised because the dirty laundry that's going to get aired will make golf and, and Jay Monahan and whoever his minions are look really, really bad because – Let's face it, guys. This is nothing more than a than a uh, I want to keep my monopoly and a power struggle. Correct? I mean, that's all it is. And like Matt referenced earlier, when you're in business, you know our courts don't allow monopolies typically. You know, you have to have competition. You compete against people. We compete against other radio stations. You know, Matt competes against other basketball leagues. All these things. So you know, the reality is that's just the way of life. And I think this is going to be a big case of humble pie for Jay Monahan at some point. I think this is fascinating from the text message conversation between Greg Norman and Sergio Garcia, too. You tell me how important this is, Matt. This is from Sergio. 
the commissioner had a meeting with the five or six biggest biggest agencies of golf managers, mine included, and told them that if any of their players had signed with the league, they should leave the room after they talked about what the tour is going to do moving forward. I mean, you get into the collusion angle, and I get you have sponsorship relationships, and you've got relationships with, again, the quote-unquote biggest agencies of golf managers, and you name it, but I mean, again, you get into that collusion conversation, and I mean, that that's it right there. That that is a hundred percent it, and that is where the PGA Tour is going to lose, guys. I, I don't know how much they're going to lose, whether that's monetarily or how bad this is going to play out for them. But there is just no doubt they are going to lose. This, I go back to this: Liv has fourteen events next year. The PGA Tour would have been much wiser to just simply say, "All right, we know these guys are going to defect. It sucks." But instead of banning them, they talk to their, their players and just say, hey, we have something coming for these guys. You just, just hold on. And instead of banning them, what you probably do is say, all right, that minimum requirement of 15 events, it's now 20. It's now 20, 22. It's now 23. Make it dang near impossible where you can't play both and qualify because if Liv is going to have 14 to 18 events over time, there's just no way you could do both. And in that, in that essence, you would be banning them. They would have been better off doing that on this side. Now, look, they probably would have lost some guys like John Rahm, probably gone. Xander Shoffley, probably gone. Patrick Cantley, probably gone. But I think that would long-term have been a better decision. If you weren't going to work with Liv, I still stand by that their best thing they could have done was say, hey, Liv, we'll give you the entire fall schedule. You can have it. Um, we'll work with you through this, this, and this, and you know, life will go on. That would have been their best move, and it's still maintain. I still maintain that is their best move because in the fall we're all watching football, if we're being honest, and golf. Yeah, we watch it, but it, it's it's football season. Let's just be real. And now I think it's gone too far along that Greg Norman, he's not going to play nice. Uh, I just I don't think no, that's no. Would I don't you, think that's an option would anymore. You if you're in his spot. No, heck no. I tried to play nice, and you wanted to make it a battle, and guess what? Now we've got a battle. The simple solution from day one was always let the players do what they want. Don't suspend them. Don't get combative with the live tour and make it turn into this big legal war that it has. But obviously, Jay Monahan and whoever was advising him, they did a poor job. The legal team did not explain to him or paint this picture for him that it could get to this point and how messy that that was going to get for the PGA Tour. Guys, I think he's still convinced that they're going to win. Well, you're right, Josh. And, and hey, Matt has had the unfortunate uh, reality of dealing with attorneys, and I have too. Unfortunately, a lot of them always think they're going to win. That's part of their ego. And the, But at some point, the law is going to be applied. And if you just look at what's gone on in the history of our country, monopolies not viewed very well, and collusion, I don't see how they can win. I mean, their only angle is, hey, they joined this private league, and they knew that going in. And, you know, I don't know what type of waiver, if any, they had to sign when they joined the PGA Tour. I, I don't know. Maybe that's their only out. That's the only thing I could think of, Matt. 
Yeah, maybe there's some language we don't we don't know about for the PGA Tour membership, and that's they better hope that there is. Okay, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one. It is the Gimme Zone right here on the Ref. Back with you, sneaking up on the top of the hour here. Really uh, want to go more in depth on this and give it the full run. Maybe we do that next week where we invite Tyler Woodward on and talk about this in its entirety. But big-time news here locally. The Corn Ferry Tour has announced the new Compliance Solutions Championship in Oklahoma at, that's right, Jimmy Austin Golf Club. The inaugural event set to be held June 22nd through the 25th next summer. So, that man, that is exciting news. Five-year agreement. Brian, this is Awesome, awesome stuff for the Corn Ferry Tour coming to Oklahoma. Well, it is. And, you know, Tyler and the guys out there have done a phenomenal job hosting regionals and, and lots of big tournaments. And quite frankly, they put themselves on the map because of the, you know, the quality of the golf course and their ability to run a good golf tournament. The nice thing about the Corn Ferry is there's a lot of former Oklahoma players that are on the Corn Ferry right now and probably some more that will be on that tour in the near future. So I think it'll be really good. Uh, Those events are not as crowded as PGA Tour events. So if you want to get up close, see some of the new stars to be, great time to do it right there at the Jimmy. Pretty cool, Matt. I mean, this sounds like a summer road trip for us next year. Yeah, no, it it is I think it's going to be massively understated by most because they're not going to realize just what how important this is. We don't have any other uh, – the ATP plays out of Shawnee, but we don't have really – you know, there's no PGA Tour event that's here. There's no live golf event. Uh, although, hey, you know, maybe an Oak, Oak Tree National could, uh, could change that in the next year. That would be great. Uh, but we don't have that right now in our state. So this is some really high-level golf, and I might add – there's going to be a few Sooners that are going to be planning this more than likely, and a few Cowboys as well, because we've got some great talent come out of our collegiate league, and this is how they get to where they want to be. Let's keep discussing the live tour, this lawsuit that is out there. We'll get back to that next, but congratulations to Jimmy Austin. That is awesome news that the Corn Ferry Tour is coming here to Oklahoma. That's it for hour number one. More to come. The lawsuits, they are a flying. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Back after this. Hour number two, it's the Gimme Zone. Brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. Brought to us by the Territory Golf and Country Club. Brought to us by Indoor 18. Josh Elmer alongside Matt Reynolds and Brian Vineyard. If you're just joining us this morning, well, good morning. Happy Saturday to you. The biggest story in the world of golf, it's simple, it's obvious, Uh, As soon as the PGA Tour suspended players that joined the Live Golf Invitational Series, we knew that we could be headed for lawsuits or headed to the courtroom eventually. Well, that is where we are going. Wednesday of this past week, Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, nine other Live Golf players, they have filed an antitrust lawsuit in federal court. Three of those players, Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, Taylor Gooch, also seeking a temporary restraining order that would allow them to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs that will get underway next week. So this is what we're spending these two hours on, dissecting this, looking at this lawsuit news, this antitrust lawsuit from every possible angle. There's there's talks of collusion in this lawsuit from the PGA Tour with the major championships. And I think 
this is one of the most interesting angles of all of this, guys. Lawyers representing the suspended players believe that the PGA Tour's bans on players who join Live Golf, quote, are vastly strengthened if the ban encompasses not only PGA Tour events, but also the four majors, end quote. Which, of course, the four majors, and we've touched on this in the past, that this was going to be how the PGA Tour suspensions, how they really stood, right? Or this is how you really break down the Live Golf Tour is if you can't play in the four major championships of golf, then guess what? The best players in the world of golf, they're not going to ultimately join the Live Tour just to get paid more. They do want to compete, play for, and win major championships. The four majors, of course, they're organized by separate governing bodies. Now, the players' lawyers, they allege that the PGA Tour has, quote, pressured and encouraged the major organizations to join its group boycott and to prevent Live Golf from from entering the global golf ecosystem. uh, There's some thoughts in here that Fred Ridley, who, of course, is the chairman of Augusta National Golf Club, the Live Golf Live Golfer's lawyers have accused him, guys, of working behind the scenes for the PGA Tour in this lawsuit. Quote, threatened to disinvite players from the Masters if they enjoyed, if they joined Live Golf. It also alleges that Ridley personally instructed players in this year's tournament not to defect to Live Golf and that he refused to sit down with Live Golf CEO Greg Norman to discuss the new circuit's business model. Further, it says that the CEO of the Asian Tour, that Ridley, called him to, quote, threaten consequences relating to the Asian Tour's position in the current ecosystem if the Asian Tour continued to support Live Golf in the Live Golf Invitational Series. I mean, these are massive, massive pieces of the puzzle here, Matt, of what the future of golf is going to look like. When you hear all of that, how do you compartmentalize it? How do you digest what some of that means for the here and now and into the future for the world of golf? I think it's dangerous. It's a dangerous game that they're playing right now. And I just, I think that we're going to see, um, we're, we're definitely going to see, there's no doubt about it in my mind, uh, some of that danger played out of, look, if you want to be that bold, you can be that bold, uh, but also know that, you know, it's going to come to light in this court case, and it's going to be put on front street for everybody to see what you said, how you acted, and what you did behind closed doors. It's a situation, Brian, where the major championships, I mean, they've got to cut ties directly with the PGA Tour, right? I know that it sort of doubly functions as a PGA Tour event in some in some respects, right? You get a PGA Tour win when you win these major championships, but it's not run by the PGA Tour. And these major championship organizations, the USGA, the RNA, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Augusta National here, Fred Ridley, they've got us. They cannot get attached at the hip here to the PGA Tour. I mean, going forward, they have to make it very clear that they are operating separately of the PGA Tour. Josh, I think you're spot on because if they don't, they may get drug into this, right? And so I don't think they want any part of that. I, I think it's really clear Jay Monahan has tried to coerce them into jumping on the PGA Tour stance and and keeping these 
guys out, and I'm sure they think that'll make them all come back. But the, re- the reality is you're flirting with the death of golf as we know it on the PGA Tour if, if they continue this stance. There's got to be a settlement. And going to court and having all the dirty laundry aired, and I mean there'll be a bunch of it, is not going to be good. One more piece from this lawsuit here. Quote, the tour is aware that if it can foreclose live golf players from having access to these events, talking about the majors, or even create enough credible doubt about whether participation in live golf will end a player's chances of playing in those events, live golf will find it prohibitively difficult to sign and sustain a critical mass of players to field a competitive elite level tour. End quote, the lawsuit said. I mean, Matt, that's what we've been saying for months on this show. That's the danger for live golf is if these majors basically just decide, yeah, we're going to we're going to agree with what the PGA Tour's stance is here. Now though, there's at least this lawsuit that is kind of roping all of these entities in, which I think is massive news for the Live Tour going forward. Th- their legal representation, man, gloves are off. They're not they're not taking this thing easy at all. They're here to fight and they're here to Make a make a point that look if if you want to have battle lines drawn in the sand, we will fight you and scratch and claw and we will work for every last ounce of prestige for our tour and for ultimately the financial uh, financial livelihood of our tour going forward. No, you're you're spot on that it is. I love what you said about the majors because I do think that they've got to wisen up and say, hey, we are going to get drug in this thing if we do anything other. I mean, they're already kind of drug in it, if we're being honest, just with how much Fred Ridley has mentioned in this uh, in this first uh, little bit. And so I, I think that it's only going to be worse for them. It's only going to be more for them if they continue to align. They need to come out and say, look, uh, we welcome all tours. We, we welcome you know whoever. That, that needs to be said. And for the PGA Tour, that would be the nail in the coffin, I think, for some of these big dogs to say, all right, well, we're out of here. See you later. Uh, the real lawsuit, though, that we got to watch for, no doubt this one will play out. This one will be very interesting. But the real one that matters to me is when they sue the OWGR because if the official world golf rankings deny live golf, if they do that, that will be an even bigger antitrust deal because then, uh, who, by the way, who is OWGR controlled by? Fred Ridley, Jay Monahan, and all those people that run the other majors as well. That is literally the list. Uh, so it just if they deny that, that's where I think we're going to see it even, you know, the majors get involved, um, unfortunately for their sake, but they're going to be thrown right into the middle of it. And don't you think that they are going to deny them official world golf rankings points? I mean, I don't think they should. I think it's silly for them to do that at this point because, again, it just opens the door to more legal battles and these legal grounds and wars to go on here. But just basing it off the actions we've seen so far, Brian, I have no doubt that they're going to deny the Live Golf Tour official world golf ranking points. Oh, I think you're you're exactly right. And Monaghan has, like I said, when he drew that line in the sand early, I, I guess he evaluated that how far he's going to have to go with this, but, boy, it could, it, it's going a lot further, I think, than, than he thought. I think he thought the players would knuckle under and not go by being suspended. And 
now they're not going quietly is what's going to happen. And there's just so much precedent out there that goes against everything that the PGA Tour is doing, as far as legal precedent, that is. And, boy, it's going to be really, really hard. And it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be great viewing. I, you know, I, it'll be like watching the OJ trial, except golf. Yeah, the the OJ trial meets golf for sure. If it's televised, yes, it, it's going to be like that. I mean, it's going to be massive. We, it, it will be in a way, Matt, what you touched on earlier, how Sports Center is talking about golf. Okay, we saw that with Tiger Woods when he was winning major championships. Right, it was Tiger Watch, and there was an electricity about the sport. But outside of that, I mean, golf is kind of a footnote most of the time outside of major championship weeks. That's not going to be the case if and when there's an ongoing television trial day after day after day with these lawsuits. And, oh, by the way, you touched on it. Matt, I mean, we might – if the official world golf rankings – if the Live Golf Tour gets denied in that regard, there's some talk here. I- I'm reading this ESPN piece, guys, and here's Craig Seabald who is a partner and antitrust expert at Vincent and Elkins Law Firm. And basically, he's saying one of the challenges for the Live Golf Tour players is proving that financial injury, right? Proving that financial harm. Now, we can sit here and say, okay, well, they've clearly been barred from a number of events, and that's financial injury right there, and oh, they can't play in the FedEx Cup playoffs. But when you're receiving guaranteed signing bonuses, of between $100 million and $200 million in certain instances for a lot of these players, he's saying, Craig Seabald is, okay, that's going to be tough from an antitrust standpoint to prove your injury. Like, you financially benefited clearly by going to the Live Golf Tour while, again, we can sit here and go back and forth about how they've been injured by PGA Tour events that they've been precluded from. But what you talked about earlier, Matt, with the official world golf ranking points, man – I don't think it's going to be hard for them to prove injury there at all. Emotional injury, the financial injury. If they're barred from these major championships, which if they're not getting official world golf ranking points, essentially that's what you're barred from is the major championships. And if that happens, to me that's going to be slam dunk the easiest case of all time to win, Matt. It would be the easiest case, and that's why they'd be wise just to say, you know what, we're already in one battle. Uh, Chairman Ridley and and uh, the rest of the other people with the majors who kind of stay more in the background, they would be smart to just be like, you know what, we're seeing how this is already playing out. We don't want any part of this. We're just we're gonna they they gotta tell them in my opinion. They they need to tell them that look, you're gonna have to make some changes because rightfully so. They they are gonna have to make some changes. And they're not going to probably be able to do three rounds. They're probably going to have to switch to four. Uh, but that, you know, they're just watching. They're walking a very, very, very dangerous, dangerous line. And doesn't that too, Brian, open up an easy avenue and argument for that collusion basis if you combine the official world golf rankings? Like if they get denied there, isn't that the first thing you argue? That clearly there's collusion between Monaghan and Ridley and the powers that be? Well, I think you already have evidence. You're, you're, you're right, but the evidence is already there by the sponsors. By I promise you there's, there's an email or text trail on 
the majors, trying to get them to, to ban the people too. But that'll just be, you know, the, the icing on the cake of the world golf rankings because then it, all it does is show that you're not really concerned about growing the game of golf. All you want to do is protect your monopoly. And I think the Vincent Nelkins, they're, they're a fantastic law firm out of Houston, by the way. I've, I've dealt with them before. And I think he made that comment in reference only to talk about the damages and maybe not really say it, but infer it that they probably should have really just gone with the whole collusion deal versus, you know, going just for specific damages right off the bat. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that to me is going to be the harder case to prove and to win just because, again, Matt, these are a series of professional golfers that, look, they're getting compensated very well to go to the Live Tour. Though, I mean, just on a standalone basis, they are getting prevented from playing in PGA Tour events. They are. They are. And that that's a big part of this thing of why I still think that there's a pretty darn good shot that they're going to be just fine and uh, win this case. Because at the same time, look, I know they are making a lot of money. That doesn't mean, though, that they can't make more money. You know, there, there's a there's a piece to that puzzle of you can always make more money, you know. Um, and I think that's the dangerous lie that uh, that's going on right now is just, yes, I know, you know, the, the, the amount is ungodly, it's crazy, but they, they still have the right to make more money on other things, too, if they wanted to. And really, ultimately, that's what all this is about, right, is the freedom to play golf and cash checks and play tournaments wherever the heck you want. Yeah, you're right. No doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, at the heart of this issue, if you want to call golf golfers, which they have been called this forever, uh, you know, contract workers that are not employees of the PGA Tour, and yeah, they, they have their right. And what's fitting, too, is the way Liv has put their contract, they are still a contract golfer with them. They're just guaranteed some money. They're not employees of Liv. Well, you know, go back to damages just for a second. Could they already prove damages in the sense, I'm not even talking about missed events. How many of them got fired by a sponsor that may have, may have been coerced by the PGA Tour to dump them? Yeah, that's a huge angle in, in all of this. Let, let's chat about that next because, I mean, that is massive. I mean, guys, the spider webs of where all of this could go, it's almost endless the possibilities of what could happen with this thing going to court let's uh keep discussing man this is uh massive news in the world of golf it's the gimme zone what are your thoughts what are your thoughts we would love to hear from you air comfort solutions text line all yours 405-651-3439 riverwind casino jackpot line 405-329-9000 josh brian matt back with you gimme zone on the ref right here on a saturday Back with you, it's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Brought to us in part by Elite Roofing Systems. Locations in OKC and in Tulsa to serve you. Number to call in Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094. In T-Town, 918-984-5475. Online, EliteRoofOK.com. Free quotes, they are bonded and insured. Affordable pricing, as always, from... Craig Cox and the crew 
locally owned and operated, headquartered in, again, Norman and Tulsa, serving customers in the greater OKC area since 2010. Is there any turning back here? I mean, is there any resolution, guys? I know this is going to court, and we've got antitrust lawsuits that have been filed in federal court here. Is there any way for this to get alleviated moving forward? I mean, can Jay Monahan, can the PGA Tour, can the DP World Tour change their stance now going forward, no longer suspend these players, and can the DP World Tour follow suit and do the same? Is there any of that that can simplify some of this going forward? I mean, the damages, at least in the current moment, they're done, and the federal lawsuit's not going away. But does that change anything in your mind if that route gets taken, Matt? I don't think there's any way, guys, that these guys come together at this point in time and come come together on something unless unless Jay Monahan's fired. I think that's the only way this can happen. And I would have done that a long time ago if I was the PGA Tour, uh, that I would have let him go. He's just had such a bad PR deal with this thing. And most of his job, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, most of his job is PR. That's what it's supposed to be, is as a commissioner, you got to have the foresight to see stuff coming, and you got to be able to also see what's behind you and say, hey, how do we make adjustments going forward as well? And he just hasn't done either of those very well at all. You're right, Matt. That is the majority of his job. And right now... Really, all he comes across as is a, is somebody that's power-hungry to keep his turf. And it looks like, boy, it looks bad. That's all I can tell you. It looks really bad. It's almost a little, little dictatorish, right? And I don't, I don't think that he will ever turn back, Josh. Oftentimes, these lawsuits do get settled before they go to court. I don't see this happening because of the scorched earth route that Monahan took. So I'm with Matt. The only way this gets resolved amicably is for Jay Monahan to step down or be fired. Your thoughts, Josh? I don't know that it's going to get settled either. And quite frankly, I go back to what I said earlier this morning. I think the lawsuit's good for the live tour. I mean, as long as this is going on, it's going to be tough for these players that are caught in the crosshairs of it. You know, Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson and Kepka and Patrick Reed and everybody that makes the decision to go to the Live Tour, they would like a world where they don't have to answer all of these questions about ongoing lawsuits and the legal battle and the ramification for the PGA Tour and the future of golf. I get that, but even just if this thing, like we've talked about this morning, guys, if this goes to federal court and we've got these hearings are getting televised and you've got Greg Norman in court and, you know, eventually probably you got Phil Mickelson right in court. You've got Sergio Garcia in court or whoever. This is going to be the greatest. Are you kidding me? It's going to be the greatest advertising for a sports league ever, ever. And it's free. It's free. Not for the PGA Tour. It's free for live, guys, because guess what? They ain't paying it. So it's going to be wonderful for them. They're not going to pay a dime of those legal fees. And the PGA Tour, meanwhile, is going to be, I don't want to say that they're completely going to go under, but, boy, there's a chance they could. There's a legitimate chance. I mean, don't you agree, Brian, that this is going to be 
like free advertising for the live tour as long as this thing goes on. And naturally, inherently, I think even I'm not saying that they're going to stick around. They're going to watch every week, but there's going to be some people that don't care about golf that hear about this that tune into the live tour because of it. No, you're right, Josh. And quite frankly, everything Monahan's done has has given the Live Tour free advertising, you know, by his scorched earth route. And this will just even further embolden that tour. Because like you guys said earlier, this time of year, everybody kicks over to football in about three weeks, unless it's a Ryder Cup year. So the fact that, that the Live is getting any you know, media attention right now is just bonus money for them in my eyes. Is is this tip of the iceberg here too? I mean, so could we see a situation, for example, where the Asian tour, where they turn around and because, I mean, there's in this lawsuit, we talked about this or mentioned it, the lawsuit alleges that Ridley called the CEO of the Asian tour and basically said, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to get in business and support Live Golf and the Live Golf Tour Series. I mean, couldn't they turn around and just basically sue the PGA Tour and sue Ridley and sue the Masters? I mean, could this thing get to that point where you've got tours suing other tours? It, it could, Josh. And I'll give you one thing that was one of the most interesting parts that I uncovered uh, in, in one of the articles I read. I could not believe that the Asian Tour – has been told, not just by that element of it, I completely missed this, guys. The Asian Tour lost the Asian Amateur. The Asian Amateur normally gets to, the winner of that gets to play in the open across the pond. The RNA banned that player this year, not because of anything that player that poor player did, but because of their involvement with Liv. That tells me that this, I mean, the Asian Tour, if you're them, why wouldn't you sue? Because if nothing else, you make some money out of this thing because you're going to win that argument really easy. You're kicking our Asian Amateur of the Year out all because we are doing business with Liv. Like that's, <laughs> there's some sketchy roads that they're going down on this whole thing. Now, this is very much the players filing an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour, but... At some point, I mean, isn't the DP World Tour going to get added to this? Or aren't they? I mean, I can't imagine that they're safe in all of this either. Just this portion about the DP World Tour. Remember, guys, we thought in July, we thought it was pretty close that some of these guys maybe were going to start not just playing on the Asian Tour to get their official world golf ranking points. We thought there was a pretty realistic chance that it was going to be on the DP World Tour until, you know, like a week after that. Basically, the DP World Tour came back and said, yeah, never mind. It, you know, you're going to be suspended if you play on the Live Tour, and you're no longer going to be able to play on the DP World Tour. It did seem like just a week before that, it was going to be a realistic option for guys to go play the DP World Tour. And then clearly, Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour got involved and convinced the powers that be on the DP World Tour, nah, you you, you can't have Live Tour players over there. And here was uh, here was what the complaint said about the dp world tour dp world tour ceo keith pelly 
quote, confirmed, in quote, the new series appeal in fit, but said the mighty power of the PGA Tour was his main issue. And, quote, the need to avoid a collision course between the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. Under pressure from the mighty power of the PGA Tour, the European Tour agreed to boycott and rejected the opportunity to partner with the new entrant and instead strengthened its strategic alliance with the PGA Tour, end quote, the complaint says. I mean, guys, that is so obviously true. It was trending that a lot of these guys were going to be playing on the DP World Tour, and in fact, it seemed like that was where it was headed. And then just lo and behold, one week later, it's like, hey, these guys, they're, they're banned and they're fined if uh, they play on the Live Tour. I mean, I don't know that the DP World Tour is safe in this. I don't know how they could be. I really don't because there's got to be some emails and this is speculation on my part, but there has to be some emails or some text messages or something tying this together where it's going to be pretty clear that they're just trying to ban these guys all across the board. And that's the only reason the PGA tour would ever want to buy more of the European tour. Remember the European tour had their day of power. There was a time where they were actually, you know, a legit big time thing. And that day came to an end because of the PGA Tour. We are due a break. Matt, you have sent me a great article here. And it is 11 surprises from Phil Mickelson, other live players' lawsuit against the PGA Tour. Let's take a break, and then when we come back, Matt, I'm just going to let you take the lead and drive this thing and some of the pieces of that that you want to dive into there because there's some interesting stuff. I mean – Dating back to even 2019, something that Rory McIlroy had said, that that all of this is getting brought up into, obviously, this legal battle that we see unfolding in front of us now. Josh Elmer, Matt Reynolds, Brian Vineyard, it is the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. We are due a break. We'll take that break. We'll come back. We'll keep talking about this. And if you want to jump in here, too, phone lines are open for you as well. It's the Gimme Zone on The Ref. Welcome back to the Gimme Zone. It is. Josh Helmer, Matt Rump, Brian Vineyard, all here with you on this Saturday. And we want to remind you of our good friends over at Indoor 18. They have got a move on their hands that everyone should know about. Uh, They've moved over just about a mile over from where they were in Edmond, uh, a little bit closer, honestly, off the highway. Nice location. They've got their own facility uh, where they're going to have their indoor trackman base that they've always had, but they're also going to have outdoor areas. Uh, with the green, chipping green. Uh, they were going to have a little driving range action outside as well. So they're going to be able to do some pretty, pretty cool big things. Check them out at Indoor18.com. All right, uh, before the break, tease it there. There, there has uh, been a lot of things that have come out of this lawsuit, but the best article that I've found on this and, and done some deep reading was by Sean Zach, uh, and it was 11 surprises from Phil Nicholson, other live players' lawsuit against the PGA Tour. And I, I think it's best, Josh, we just roll through this and kind of go down this because he really covers just about everything in it. Starts off with number one on the list is that not all live players are involved. And that is something that we talked a little bit about, but it really is interesting. No DJ. No Brooks Kepka. No, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are missing from this list. The 11, there's 11 guys that have are on this list. Abe Answer. Arlen Taylor Gooch, Ian Poulter, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Phil Mickelson, Hudson Swafford, Matt Jones, 
Carlos Ortiz, Pat Perez, Jason Kokrak, and Peter Uline are the guys that are in this. No Dustin Johnson, no Brooks Kepka, no Sergio Garcia, no Lee Westwood, or, very interesting, no Henrik Stenson, who, by the way, just won his very first little event in his first crack at it. Uh, so that, that part to me was interesting. And, Josh, I don't know that we've talked enough about that. That I mean, the big names that jump off that aren't in it, like I said, are Brooks, Dustin, Sergio Lee, Lee Westwood, and Henrik Stenson, those are also big names that were European powers at one point when the Euro Tour was really, and then came over to the PGA Tour here in the last 10, 15 years. Does it matter that those golfers don't have their name attached to this thing? Is that a problem for this lawsuit? Would it be stronger if Dustin Johnson and Kepka and Stinson and all these guys were involved too? From who I've listened to, it doesn't sound like it really matters. It almost sounds like, hey, like the bullet's already being taken, so they're going to be fine. That's kind of what my reaction was to it, too. But, I, I, yeah, I, I was curious. Yeah, I, I think if they win this thing, they're they're perfectly fine. If they don't win this thing, then you know they're in the same boat they would have been in altogether. So I think it's more of a saving face type deal. Uh, the second thing, Bill Mickelson was suspended. Uh, it wasn't clear in early March if Phil had been suspended by the PGA Tour or not. Uh, Jay Monahan spoke at the Players' Championship about Mickelson's incendiary comments. Uh, I... I'm going to make a bet that with anyone that wants to bet me that in this lawsuit, Alan Shipnuck will be called to the stand at some point. And I am going to put a wager that Alan Shipnuck was told to put out those comments by one Jay Monahan. I know that's a very bold statement. I know that that is a statement that I have no factual proof on at this time. But just with what is lined out in this, uh, over 130-page document, that would make a hell of a lot of sense if Alan Shipnuck was co-horsed by uh, Jay Monahan to say, hey, this is the time, this is how we kibosh the live tour, we need you to put this thing out. Man, that would be a fascinating wrinkle to all of this. And you think of the timeline of it, absolutely it felt like. Makes sense on the timeline. Yes, that, That's why I'm sold on it personally. Be quite honest. Now, listen, if I'm wrong, I will happily come out and say, okay, I missed the boat on that one. I don't think I'm going to be wrong, um, or I wouldn't have made the statement, obviously. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. The, the suit was filed in Northern California. That's that's the third thing he lists, which is important. Uh, the PJ's headquartered in Florida. Most of the plaintiffs that are in this are on the list side. They live in Florida. But they chose the, the Northern California district because that district – has a tendency to side with the plaintiff in antitrust cases like this. So they wanted to start there where they feel like they have the most power. Also, uh, the reason why they claim that they have picked it as well is because that is where the PGA Tour conducts the majority of their events, with six events being in California, many more than any other state in the United States. Uh, all right, fourth, how about this? This this is one of those golden nuggets that, man, when I read this, I was like, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. And I'm, a, I'm really sad DJ's not on this because if DJ was on this, he would have this same thing in there. But Bryson had to backtrack. Remember when Bryson DeChambeau released, released that statement on February 20th and it said, as long as the best players uh, in the world are playing on the PGA Tour, so will I. 
Well, according to court documents, by that point, Bryce DeChambeau had already signed with Live Golf. It was already done, and he wasn't alone. And he was forced to publicly profess his loyalty to the PGA Tour by Jay Monahan, and they have many documents on just exactly what it was uh, that, that they forced him to do that. That is a big violation. You can't do that for somebody that's in contract labor. Remember, these are not employees. These are contract labor. They're an employee. Yeah, you could tell them, hey, we need you to put out this statement. That's a little bit easier in the, in the uh, law book to do. But they're not employees. That was a golden one to me, the fact that they have proof of Jay Monahan forcing that down the throat of Bryce DeChambeau, which also makes sense why Dustin Johnson never put anything out on his account, uh, but the PGA Tour said this quote from DJ back you know, four or five months ago that he supports the PGA Tour. Pretty fascinating, yes, that basically DeChambeau signed twice because he had already signed, backtracked, and then signed again. Well, no, and, and to be clear, I don't think he ever had to sign again. I, I just think they're saying he had to backtrack because it made him look bad in the public eye, but he was just forced to do that. And same thing with DJ. He caught a lot of flack from people. Oh, just four months ago, you put out a statement, pro-PGA, pro-PGA, what the heck, man? No, it's very clear in this lawsuit, DJ didn't put out that statement, that the PGA Tour put it out for him. Yeah, so, that's fascinating. That, to me, it... it it rings very true. All quotes matter. All right. Uh, so what, what is this going into? Well, they've quoted quite a bit of things, but uh, here, here's one quote. And remember, Davis Love III, he got really passionate this week. <laughs> he got included in the lawsuit as well. So thank you, Davis uh, Love III, for being so passionate. Um, as Mr. Love stated in encouraging a um, – a, a, an unlawful group boycott among tour members. Well, here's the biggest lever, and it's not the nice lever, but if a group of veterans and a ton of top players align with the top 150 guys on the tour, and we say, guess what? We're not playing. That solves it, right? And they go into basically just, he basically played it right into their hand because what they're trying to prove is, uh, you know, collusion and the whole nine yards and, that's just one of the many quotes they have. A, a lot, a lot of quotes. How about Augusta Nationals' role? Just because this lawsuit is Live Golf versus the PGA doesn't mean that other information is going to be held confidential. In fact, it is absolutely the opposite. Augusta National, the RNA, and everyone else involved, their private dealings are going to be very, very public. Uh, for example, in February of 2022, Augusta National representatives threatened to disinvite players from the Masters if they enjoyed, if they joined Live Golf. In addition, Chairman Fred Ridley of Augusta National personally instructed a member, a number of uh, participants in 2022 Masters to not play in the Live Golf Invitational Series. And they have documents on it. They have written documents. So, Josh, it just it gets worse. If we're learning anything, don't write things down. Don't text things. Don't email things because it can't all be tracked. Yes. <laughs> email, text message. It is trackable. It's there. They've got it. And we're going to find a lot of this stuff out. I mean, this is just the beginning of all of this. Just the beginning of all of this. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, it is. It is. How about unlawful alliance? 
the PGA Tour may be the defendant, but the entire ecosystem, the entire ecosystem of men's pro golf is included in the complaint. That means, I know the DP World Tour hadn't been on the top of our tongues here very much, but the DP World Tour is repeatedly labeled in this lawsuit as unlawful and uh, it's referenced in many different terms. Uh, it, long story short, everybody's going to go down. It's not going to just be the PGA Tour. It's going to be the entire ecosystem the PGA Tour has built, from the Corn Ferry to the European Tour to the Asian Tour. It's all going to be uh, coming out in this uh, lovely lawsuit that we've got. The Tour's previous decade of performance will also be analyzed, and this is really important because I have heard over and over again throughout this process that, Matt, these guys make a lot of money. You know, they make a lot more money than us. Why are you so defensive of them making the money that you feel like they should make? And I, what have I said? I've said, well, you got SGA for the Thunder making $185 million. That's twice as much almost as and nearly twice as much as Tiger Woods' career earnings on the course. I just see a problem with that. And, Josh, this point was actually for me the most uh, damning bit of evidence for the PGA Tour. The Tour purses grew... 2.5% on average from 2014 to 2019 each year. Uh, 6.62 million in 2014 to 7.47 million in 2019. By comparison, the total salary pool for other major professional sports grew at a much stronger rate during the same period. Remember, the number was 2.5%. That's where the PGA Tour is growing. In that same time period, the NFL grew 15%. The NBA grew 8%, and even the NHL, which I think most of us all in this country, you know, well, I shouldn't say all of us in this country, but at least where we current, where we live in Oklahoma, the NHL, not a very big deal. The NHL grew 4%, nearly double what the PGA Tour grew in that time period, and golf is way bigger than the NHL when it comes to the ecosystem of sports. That, to me, was just the most... Uh, most crazy part of this whole thing. The number one player on the tour money list in 2019 is Brooks Kepka. He made $9.6 million in his tournament winnings. His winnings were equivalent to the 129th highest paid player in the NFL, the 121st highest paid player in the NBA, and the 128th highest paid player in the MLB. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Okay, we'll do one final break, and then let's hit the final pieces of these before we head out the door. It's the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer, Matt Riddle's with you right here on The Rev. Got like two minutes here before the top of the hour. We are rolling through the 11 surprises from Phil Mickelson and other live players' lawsuit against the PGA Tour. This is from Sean Zach on golf.com. And, Matt, I'll just let you rifle through. We got like, I think, three more items left on this list. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're going to learn that no one plays fair is one of the things they've got going in there, which, uh, you know, the tour has threatened a lot of stuff. Their pension, among many other things, that's one of the things he talks about in here. And then the ecosystem can mean many things, meaning they're going to go after other tours, uh, and that kind of just goes into that. And then last but not least, and this is a perfect way to end this, a reminder, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. So much more to come. So, honestly, I'm excited for it because, man, it's going to be riveting content. Absolutely riveting content. Norman said in one of his scathing letters, Commissioner, 
this is just the beginning. It is certainly not the end. That might be the quote of the summer for for golf, right? When And that was not even from uh, this lawsuit, I don't think, right? That's from Greg Norman's tweet when they first suspended players. Yep, when they first suspended them. <laughs> he was warning them. He was warning them, and he was warning all of us, I guess, as a whole. He let them know from day one. I mean, really, we'll see how everything ends up shaking out. But, I mean, Matt, I just think eventually we're going to get to the point where we look back and say – Jay Monahan really, really royally screwed this deal up and had the opportunity to try and not suspend players and settle things before it ever got downhill with lawsuits. And now that that result's gone. We're, we're not going that route at all. So tip of the iceberg, baby. But, hey, great job today. We will no doubt be talking about this next week, next month, next, uh, next year. I mean, this thing's just getting going. But have a great rest of your weekend, man. Likewise. Enjoy it out there. That's it for us. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Rep for Matt Reynolds, for Brian Vineyard. I'm Josh Elmer saying, hey, no lawsuits for you, right? You stay out of the crosshairs. The uh, golf world has been turned on its axis. We'll talk about it next week as well. So long, everybody. Have a good weekend.